Hello, 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 and welcome to the Pottervision Podcast. The podcast where every two weeks, myself, Lucas Kirkby, and another person from planet Earth, Tom Lawrenson, read or listen to the audiobook of a chapter of the Harry Potter book series, and then we discuss it with each other with a mm. lovely rapport. This week mm. we're on episode 114, and we're on chapter mm. 19 of book 5, The Order of the Phoenix, The Lion and the Serpents. They've tricked you, it's a Quidditch chapter. Tom, how are you? Grooming. Grooming. Not dog grooming, but grooming people. Philip Schofield has <laughs> stood down from this morning. Yeah. Um, because he's <laughs> been in a relationship, which is not illegal, with a younger man. And as we all know, Philip Schofield is 100 years old. But also about Philip Schofield, he's one of these men <laughs> that looks quite impish. He looks like a child himself. He looks yeah. like a boy that became old. And in my family, we have always said, be aware of men who look like children. Yeah. Definitely. So you're all right then, is what you're saying. You're doing. Me and you don't look like children. No, we don't. I look like an adult man. You look like an adult man. I don't think either of us could be mistaken for a child. No. Yeah. Well. Or even. Yeah. Or even teenagers. We don't look like teenagers. You have looked fifty-three since the day you turned eighteen. Exactly. Yeah. Before that, I looked like I was in my forties, and now I look like I'm fifty-three. Hey, but I and look a bit younger because I've had. I've oh had, yes, uh, I was about to mention. Yeah. On the topic of looking youthful. Yeah. It looks like you've had your ears lowered and then hired again because you've had a beard removed. <laughs> yes. Well, Martina did this. It looks quite good, doesn't it? She's done a really good job. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, she uh, she shaved my sides, and then we bought a new razor, and it's very good. And then she did like the longest one on the top, and then she trimmed my beard. But then yeah. it wasn't supposed to be this short, but uh, she accidentally forgot to put the 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 safety catch back on it when she was titivating my moustache, and she went oh, and then the, a big bit of my moustache came off. So then we had to make the rest of it match. So now I look like this. But do you know what? That is marriage. Yeah, that is marriage. Hey, but do you know what? I went to school on Monday and it was as if it was the most shocking thing anybody could have ever done, judging by the reactions of the children. It was as if I'd like dyed my hair green or something. They were like, Mr. Kirkby, Mr. Kirkby, dein Haare is geschnitten. I was like, yeah, yeah, mein Haare is geschnitten. Yeah, yeah, mein Haare is geschnitten. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> Mr. Kirkby, dein Bart is big. I'm like, yeah, yeah, mein Bart is big. Yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, mein Bart is big. <laughs> but the thing is, what you fail, for the listeners, yeah. run to your computers and load up the video version of this podcast. Because this guy goes so drastically with his hair length, right? So yeah. he waits till it gets as tall as a tree, and then he gets it trimmed as short as a bush. 
right? Yeah. yeah. I go from a tree to a bush. I can't deny it. Well, it's just because I leave you it go, for a you bit. Go from, so you go from being as hairy as Hagrid to as bold as Voldemort, may yeah. I say. Yeah. Well, that's what I said to Martina. I said, right now I'm as hairy as Hagrid. Can you please make me as bold as Voldemort? That's what I want. Mm. And I showed, a, I showed a picture of Voldemort and I was like, like that, please. Put the picture up on the wall for reference. Let me tell you something. I, I saw an excellent meme once. Oh, yeah. You know, people take photographs into a barber's to be like, I want this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this meme that was like, oh, me and the barber's. What do you want? Oh, I've got a photo, if that helps. The barber's like, yeah, sure, let me see it. And it's a picture of Brennan, what's he called? Uh, the whale, the mummy. Oh, yeah, Brendan Fraser. There's a picture of Brendan Fraser from The Whale just crying in agony. <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I'm funny. Oh, Despondently, you were like, Brendan, Brendan, the whale, the mummy. The whale, the mummy. Brendan Fraser. That's who he is, the whale, the mummy. I know we've spoken about on this podcast before, but I kind of think people's infatuation with Brennan Frazier is a bit perverted. Do Have you? Have about this? No. Because Brennan Frazier went away for a bit, and then he came back, and then all the whole time everyone's like crying at him, like clapping at him, treating him like he's some child that's got something wrong with him. Yeah. He's, he's doing great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, because he got an Oscar, didn't he, for The Whale? And I was like, We oh. must protect Brendan Fraser at any cost. We must protect. From what? Man's a millionaire with three strapping boys who are all over the age of 18. He's got enough protection. <laughs> it is funny what, like, people... Yeah, people get, can be a bit patronising online, can't they? Oh... Poor Brendan. What can we do? We, we must protect Jack Black at all costs. From what? Man's got $100 million in the bank. And he's got some strapping young boys of his own. Has he? That's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, strapping young boys. Hey, you're flying the flag for the stand there with your mug. Mm. Hey, it's the original logo that you're not allowed to use anymore. People don't like guns in pictures. No, wasn't it? The guy told us that the artist bought it, bought back the image, and so they had to paint a new one. And the new one looks all... This boy's hands are all in proportion. Yeah. But the new one's got big fat hands and no neck. He's got a little bit of a... Well, you can't see it, but... Yeah, it's covered in a little uh, cravat, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bloody yeah. Bloody Fraser. Yeah. I have just got back from the Isle of Mykonos. I spoke about this briefly on Double Vision. Yeah, yeah. Did I? You did. You did sp- speak about it in Double Vision. Yeah. We started talking about Titanic on Double Vision, and to continue that on the main episode, we do so now. Titanic uh, <laughs> sank in pitch dark. Come on, right? Mickey so, Titanic. The connection's there. We don't have to make it for you. 
For years, people speculated as to whether the Titanic broke in half. And all of the people who were on the Titanic said, Titanic broke in half when it sank. And all the people that weren't there said, no, it didn't. Titanic sank in one piece. We don't listen to survivors. You're insane. Yeah. James Cameron swims to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And with his own eyes, he sees that the Titanic is in two pieces. Yeah. The bitch broke in half. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what? Like, They were just going a bit too fast, weren't they, in that Titanic? Because... No. I'm not... You know... <coughs> if I... <laughs> If I was in a boat, right, swimming around at normal speed, like with oars, and I bumped into an iceberg, I wouldn't snap in half. How fast are they going? I'd just like bump into it. Oh, bloody hell, iceberg. Better swim round that. Happy days. They must have been bloody going way over 70 to bloody smash a boat in half. What are you, what are you playing at? Um, if you don't understand uh, simple physics, then I feel sorry for you. Um, but to continue... <laughs> what a reference to, to uh, Wallace and Gromit talking to Russell and Brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was Wallace and Gromit. It was... Uh... Peter Sallis. Oh, it was him. What, it was the, the, yeah, Peter Sallis. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't understand poetic language, then I feel very sorry for you. <laughs> we are, of course, referring to when Russell Brand phoned Peter Salis, who voiced Wallace, out of the blue, and he tried to make a joke where he's like, You were in Last of the Summer Wine, and there's been like 38 series. How can that be Last of the Summer Wine? There's so much summer wine, how can that be the last of it? Well, if you don't understand basic poetic language, then I feel very sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good. Great thing to to say when someone is being... Mm. I don't know. A bit of a tit. Mm. Um, I was in Brighton. Oh yeah, doing your three show residency. How was oh. that? How did that go? Mm, 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 mm. Fantastic. Day day one, uh, I'd sold some tickets, but a lot of the audience didn't turn up. Two thirds of the audience didn't turn up because they must have realised after they bought a ticket that the show was at four pm on a weekday. <laughs> yeah, gone. Well, I'm not going to that. Um, I'm at work. I'm at work. Boss, can I have the weekend off? Why do you want to do that? Why, can I have Friday off? Why is that? I want to go see a man feel sorry for himself on stage. Hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, I know you didn't let me have paternity leave, and I know you didn't give me that day off to move house, but can I watch Tom Lawrence and do an hour of stand? No. I did the hour. It was fantastic. Had a great time. Yeah. Then, next day, I was like, I walked around Brighton, saw the sights. Yeah. Busy Brighton. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Busy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of nice things there. Mm. Have you been in that library? Lovely. 
No, I got the announcement of Philip Schofield on my phone. Um, <laughs> Philip Schofield stepped down from this morning. That was a week ago. And then, go and do the stand-up. People are a bit too giddy. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Show was sold out, right? And I don't really check tickets on the door, because I'm like, eh, who's going to try and fake it? Yeah, yeah. I just trust them. Go in there, <laughs> stand on stage. I look to my left, and there is a wizard sat alone. <laughs> an actual wizard? Or just an old it man with a beard? Mer- Merlin from Sword in the Stone. Right. Long white beard. <laughs> yeah. Long white hair. And he's looking at me as if, like, he knows he's the odd one out. Because yeah. room is more or less full of people between the ages of 18 to 34. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think leave him. I think it'd probably be bad for the show if I pick him up and throw him out. Yeah. Because I've only advertised this gig on my story. So yeah. it gets to like 50 minutes in and I just turn to him and go, how did you How did you hear about this show? And he went, oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> he'd simply walked in without a ticket and I was like, come up on your uh, For You page, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy didn't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I left him. I left him alone. I left him alone. That's good. Yeah. Did the gig the next day. Do you know what's funny? I played um what did I play? I played Articulate with some southerners after my gig. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but they mimic your accent. Oh yeah. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. In what way? I'm mimicking my accent. As if I'm Scottish. <laughs> no, I'm messing. But right. like you know, like um, <laughs> I'd say something, I'd be like, oh, was there a drastic change? And they'd go, was there a drastic change? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> Why are you asking that in Articulate? We were just having general conversation. All oh, right, yeah. What were you writing as I was telling that story, as you were going, yeah, yeah? I wasn't writing anything. I was just playing with my pen. Hey... Hang on, you have never said the phrase, was there a drastic change in your life? The years I've mm-hmm. known you, I would never hear you say that sentence. If I said something like, oh yeah, the audience were very different on Friday, you wouldn't turn around to me and go, was there a drastic change? You turn around to I'll me tell and you, go, I'll... what the fuck happened? <laughs> I'll tell you the context of the story. Okay, okay. come on, yeah. Right. This fellow had a friend who wanted breast enlargement surgery. Right. Right. They couldn't afford it in the UK, so they decided to go to Turkey, where a lot of Brits go to get their bodily enhancements. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wanted to know, was there a drastic change in size? Like, did they go yeah. from an A to a D, or was it just yeah. a C to an F, or yeah. something like yeah. that? How drastic was this change in size? I need to know. Yeah. I need to picture the bosoms which are being described to me right now. Yeah. The plot thickens. So yeah. this person goes over to Turkey, right? They come back 
They've got their new boobies, yeah. One, <laughs> uh, two, uh. right. right. All of a sudden, they don't feel that well, yeah. Yeah. They're not feeling right. So after a while, they go to the doctors in the UK. NHS, please. I'll have that in the UK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, doctor says, well, you, well, it's clear why you're not feeling well. Doctor goes, you've only got one kidney. Right. And this girl goes, no, no, I have two kidneys. And the doctor goes, no, you've got one kidney. Look at this scar on your back. That was the point. Uh. The girl had had a skin graft. So in Turkey... She'd noticed they'd taken some skin from her back. And yeah. she was like, oh, they don't normally do a skin graft when they do breast enlargement surgery. Right. But I guess they've done so with me for some <clears throat> reason, right? Yeah. She didn't question it. Went back to the UK. She had this skin graft on her back. Doctor goes, you've only got one kidney. Yeah. She realises it wasn't a skin graft. They'd made an incision, these uh, doctors in Turkey, and stolen her kidney... So she'd gone and done this surgery, which she paid like a grand and a half for to get like breast enlargement. And they've also stolen her kidney, which I think sell for a hundred thousand pounds. Jesus Christ. Bloody hell. So they've made a hundred and I'm genuinely shocked. A hundred and one thousand they've made, man. Bloody hell. Well, however, however. Yeah, well, I was thinking of getting myself some breast enlargements. Uh, not breast enlargement turkeys. Some breast enlargement surgery in Turkey. But that's put me off. Your story uh, means that I'll have them done closer to home. Racist. <laughs> I'll pay the extra money. Hey, speaking Don't of this talk. topic... Yeah. Don't tar all Turkish surgeons with the same brush, right? Yeah, all right. I insist that you go to Turkey to get whatever um, enhancement you want done. Otherwise, I will label you as a xenophobe, bigoted racist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel. Oh, God. What a predicament I'm in now. I either have to be forever labelled a bigoted xenophobe or go and have my breasts enlarged in Turkey. What a choice. I reckon we'll do a, a What's poll on Instagram. What's it going to be? We'll do a poll, see what the, uh, the listeners decide. What should I do? <laughs> maybe, not, uh, maybe not do that for any new followers who might be stumbling <laughs> upon the Instagram page, deciding whether they want to listen to the podcast and see that poll on the story. <laughs> Don't like the vibe of this. Harry Potter podcast. Mm. Hey, but, but speaking of breasts, I got confused by a story that was told to me in German, right? Because there are two very similar words in German. One of them is Buster, which means mm -hmm. your chest. And one of them is Bruster, with an R, that means breasts, right? So... Somebody was telling me a story last week, and the story was that a boyfriend got scared because they were leaning on their uncle's chest 
thinking mm -hmm. that it was their girlfriend. And then their girlfriend walked in and they got scared because they thought, well, who the bloody hell am I leaning on? Right. Mm -hmm. I got confused and I thought that this person had confused their uncle's breasts with their girlfriend's breasts. And then I found it very funny, the idea that an uncle would have the same breasts as a girlfriend. Well, if they went to Turkey at the same time. Yeah, you never know. Might have been a two for one deal. Some people. Four for two. Oh, I've got two for one, I've got two for one, but I don't have any mates who want to get their breasts enhanced with me. So I asked, so I'll ask my uncle. <laughs> what do you think, uncle? Fancy it? Yeah, all right. I was thinking about, sorry to make this a breast-heavy podcast, but I saw a documentary yeah. when I was a little boy about uh, breast enhancements, and there was a man in America who was a heterosexual man who had a wife, who dressed like a man, had a penis between his legs with yeah. matching testicles, yeah. and he decided for fun to get a pair of breasts. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, he just got a pair of breasts and he said, oh, I'll just have them for a bit. And I don't know what ever happened to that man, but <laughs> what an interesting thing to do. People are mad, aren't they? Yeah. No. Some people just want a big pair of shaking knockers between their shoulders. And if you're going to try and stop them, I'm going to do the best in my power to help them. I'll pay for it. Yeah, yeah. We'll use our Patreon money to fund them. Yeah. We've said it, we've pledged it. <laughs> hey, I've been continuing oh. to do my German lessons. Um, as I said on the Patreon episode recently, uh, it is like being in the 70s sitcom Mind Your Language, right? Where everybody <laughs> has these 70s opinions about, <laughs> about different cultures and the different sexes and all this kind of stuff, but it's all in good Fun. We were doing um, we were doing a lesson about typisch Deutsch, right? and it was like, what are mm. stereotypes about German people? Right? So we were going on mm. about that for a bit. They like to drink beer. They like to eat sausages, if you don't mind me saying. They like to be on time. All this stuff. Right? Yeah. Well, that's anyway, that's not the story. <laughs> I I'm guess wondering. I'm not German. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not German. But one of the class members was wearing this hoodie, right? And I think when you when there's something on a hoodie that's in a language you don't know or understand, you're not bothered. You just look at the hoodie for, you know, how, does it look nice? Does it fit? Are the colours nice? Yeah. Right? But he had the strangest thing written on the back of this hoodie, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were walking out of the language school and I see the back of his hoodie and it says on it, don't be fooled. Carbonara does not contain cream. Right. What does it mean? <laughs> Who's made um, that? It's been puzzling me for about a week. So don't where's he fooled. bought that from? I don't know. Where's this man from? Is he... Um... Mm. Most of the people Welsh in my like class you? are from like Albania. There's a few from Ukraine, uh, but it's mainly like Eastern Europe. Maybe that's a catchphrase. 
I reckon so. As they say in Albania, don't be fooled. Carbonara doesn't contain cream. Yeah. They say it before every mm. meal time. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Don't be fooled. Carbonara. It does, though. It does contain cream. Does it, though? Or is it just a sauce? White sauce, brown sauce, HP, Harry Potter. What else have I been up to? It contains no cream, just eggs and cheese. Don't be fooled. Let me tell you something. I went to the gym in Brighton, yeah? Oh, yeah. I thought I'd work out done. A man who was... Who was rhyming to himself? You know, he was like speaking in like uh, riddles. Uh, decides to come work out with me. He goes, uh, he goes, hey, take your headphone out. Take my headphone out. He goes, can I jump in with you? I'm like, yeah, all right. He puts the weights on the highest settings, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, bloody hell. <laughs> then he starts yeah. singing. As I'm working out, he's singing a makeup song towards me. He's got his headphones on, and I'm like, there's nothing plugged into them. And he's yeah. going, baby, I wrote a song about you, baby. Last night, baby, I wrote a song. I was like, that's not a song. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like one. <laughs> he jumps in again, right? Whenever he finishes a set, he turns to me and goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have motivated me to keep going. I'd be like, I want to stick goes, around and uh, see what this guy's up to. He goes, what are you doing here? He goes, what are you working out? He goes, you doing chest? I went, yeah. He goes, nice. <laughs> you doing legs? Nice. <laughs> I could get away with being in a gym. Easy. Put my headphones in. You doing arms? Nice. All you have to do, big tip, if you've never been to a gym before, right? Sit down. Person next to you, look at what they're using, right, for this exercise. Are they using their arms? Then you say, using your arms? Nice, right? Are they using their legs? Using your legs? Mm. Nice one. Yeah, it's dead easy. You can fit in like a chameleon at the gym, blend into the surroundings. Mm. Yeah. I Do was a big thing like that, a big stretch. Go, oh, that was a good one. We've been doing this podcast for like three years, haven't we? Yeah, feels like that, doesn't it? What a slog. But also, everything is <laughs> cyclical. Yeah. I was listening to an old episode the other day, and what a different podcast it is. Thank you for all those who have continued to listen. This is not... It's like... In the olden days, people would... Um, make a journey from the middle of America to like California or something. You know, there's nothing yeah. in this dry desert wasteland. This land is barren. We can't do anything with it. Let's. Uh, it's the depression's happening. Yeah. Let's drive to California where there's yeah. gold in them hills, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Bit of the old gold. So you gold get in a car. By the time you got to California, you'd be with a completely different set of people than the, what you left with. People would give up on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd 
die, they'd get married, and they just think, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. By the time you go to California, different car even, different set of people. That's like me and you with this podcast. Oh, it's a yeah. completely different vibe. Now, we <laughs> seem to be keeping up with current affairs, such as the King's Coronation, yeah. Philip Schofield, grooming people, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's mad. And I, for one, I'm, I'm in the belief that things need to evolve. Harry yes. Potter podcasts need to be less about Harry Potter and more about two men with an international relationship, which they keep up over video. Yeah, that's true. It's evolved, hasn't it? Well, you can let us know. Uh, like Somebody emailed us saying he wasn't happy with how it had evolved. <laughs> we got, really? Yeah, we got an email from uh, somebody saying that we don't seem enthusiastic anymore. Uh, and uh, we don't talk enough about Harry Potter. But that has been weighed out by other people who say that they want us to talk more bullshit about our lives. They prefer the catch-up. Load the email up. Name and shame. Name and shame. I'm gonna kill this guy. How dare he comment on my enthusiasm? <laughs> hey, it wasn't. I think it was both of us that we were uh, we were told. But it's fair enough. I think you can you can always send an email if you want to. Uh, you know, voice a criticism. It was done in a very nice way, actually. And I would Didn't rather that it. than uh, to affect our uh, ratings on. Uh, Apple Did he podcast. leave his name and address? Yeah, yeah, we'll be around there next week. No, genuinely, like I feel like if you're going to comment on the performance of me and my colleague, I should be able to comment on you. I will come to your place of work. I will come to your house. I will take a look at you and your family and see all the levels of enthusiasm going off there. Is that what you want? Because thing is, listeners, this is a two-way thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, wouldn't it be nice? I think it'd be nice if I came round with a little clipboard looking at this guy going, <laughs> oh yeah. dear, did you see that smile your wife gave you? She's not in it anymore. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's a two-way thing. We've had over 100 five-star reviews and for every one of them, we've gone round to their house and we've given them a big smile and a thumbs up for about an hour. <laughs> To encourage them. We do it with everybody. I'm the card that I've written the number 10 on. 10! 10! Ten. <laughs> <laughs> we like to praise you. Yeah. Well, to praise you like we should. Now, Tom, enough of this unenthusiastic catch-up. Well, actually, right. let me say this. What? We had a campaign to try and get to a hundred more patrons. <laughs> oh yeah, how did that I go? I think it's gone up. I think it's gone up one. <laughs> so thank you so much. We'll not be going to Disney World or whatever we decide. No, no. But I decided. Tell you what. Give me an available weekend, and I'll just come to Germany anyway. Yeah. If you pay. want me there, if you want me there, I won't come otherwise. If you don't want me there, I yeah. won't come. And thanks to you, listeners, he's going to pay with his own money and I'm not going to have to pay for half of his holiday. So thank you so much for not signing up <laughs> to the Patreon. 
That's lovely of you. Um, yeah, come whenever you like. We'll uh, we'll exchange uh, details, and you can come and visit me. And uh, we'll uh, we've got a mattress here that you can sleep on with pillows and everything. Mattress, mattress. I thought yeah. you had two bedrooms. No, you mad? We've got one bedroom. What do you think about this? But what do you think about this whole Philip Schofield thing? For I think, our I think, overseas I think you're obsessed. For overseas. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. Philip Schofield is a presenter of a daytime TV show that has been on the air for years. Yeah. Philip Schofield yeah. has, in, has been in the heart of so many controversies. For a man who is being accused of grooming someone, right? right that's what he's been accused of. I don't yeah. know what the definition of grooming is. Why yeah. must he keep him keep himself in so many controversies? Um, not, I don't know when the Queen's funeral was, but everyone yeah. was queuing to get in line to go have a look at the Queen's dead body. Philip yeah. Schofield cut the queue, mate. If you know people, if you know you've got that in the back burner, that you're uh, going to come under fire and have to resign from your job from seeing. Some having an seeing a family friend's son, maybe don't cut the queue to go see the Queen's dead body, right? Either yeah. don't see it all or get in queue behind David Beckham because he queued. Yeah, that's my advice for anybody that's ever done anything bad or you know, potentially illegal. Don't skip the queue anywhere, you're gonna draw attention to yourself, especially for the Queen's body. Yeah. When bloody cameras are around and people are watching. But it's... Also, why were people so obsessed with seeing the Queen's corpse before it was, like, set alight or buried? I know. It's just going to be her, but asleep, looking like. But I suppose it's an opportunity to get up close, in it, where you wouldn't have that normally unless you did Duke of Edinburgh or... Would you say that you've always been, like, a big Philip Schofield fan? No, I've always been very indifferent about Philip Schofield. I couldn't really give a shit. Um, well, who would you say you're more of a fan of? Philip Schofield or uh, Christian Bruckner? Well, I don't know who Christian Bruckner is. If you had to say. If I had to... <laughs> I don't, I, that's risky, because I don't know who Christian Bruckner is, for all I... If you had to say. All right, I'm going to say that I, I'm going to risk it and I'm going to say that I'm a massive fan of Christian Bruckner. <laughs> Who is he? Right. Christian Bruckner is the lead suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. Um, oh. He's a German, so I guess that's why you're so into him. I don't know, like, is that why you moved over there to be closer to him? I don't know. But at the minute, um, German officials are saying... Yeah, we think it's him, right? Christian Bruckner has written a little letter saying, I didn't kill Madi. And he's written a sunflower, uh, drawn a sunflower going, not guilty, not guilty yeah. on it. And I think he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, like, come on. Weird. Like, the, with all these missed disappearances and stuff and kids going missing, the, the most crucial... Like, the biggest chance you've got of finding them is in, like, the first 24 hours or whatever. Why are they still using resources on this... It's, like, 15 years ago now or something like that. 
I don't know who's paying for it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. I don't really think we should be talking about it, in my opinion. Well, you brought it up with buddy Jerry Bruckner or whatever he's called. Says I, says me. I'm sat here with the number one Christian Bruckner fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, bloody hell. All I think is these resources, you know, should be better spent on more, you know, things that have happened recently where they've got a bigger chance of finding missing children. Have you got any uh, planned holidays this year? Yeah, speaking of holidays, um, uh, no, not really. We're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go to Edinburgh uh, when you're gonna be there. <laughs> That's God, a holiday that for me. Are you going? Are you going on a holiday? Yeah, I'm gonna go to um, my month off in August to work for the month. Yeah, that'll be my holiday. <laughs> it is my holiday. Um, apart from that, nothing planned at the moment. Um, but yeah. Who knows? You never know. Might get a sneaky weekend away somewhere. But yeah, I'm still waiting for this uh, this house to be sold. But maybe when that's oh sold, yeah, we might do something. Any nice. updates for that? Yeah, there's been an offer that's been accepted, which is very exciting. But uh, I'm not getting my hopes up because anything could happen. But all being well, um, it might sell. But it's just all the uh, the checking up, and they have to get a mortgage and stuff. So there's been some developments on my leak. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how's it going? I've just had a look and it appears now mould is forming on the leak. So I've got mould and leak. Hey, there we hey, go. Some people, some people have a delicious bowl of leeks and cream. I've got leeks and mould. Yeah, leeks and mould. Lovely. Hey, but here's my advice. Get yourself your mould spray, right? Spray it and leave it. Then spray it and leave it. Then spray it and scrub it when it's dead. And Tom, I'm being dead serious now. Nip it in the bud today. The thing is, some things on this podcast never change. One, I go in and out of being healthy. I go through every month, I do a complete cycle of eating like a pig, being a slob, and then getting back into it. It goes round and round and round. And then two... Mold never ends. Three, Lucas can't sell his house. (laughs) (laughs) Some things never change. I think the only way we can stop these cycles is if we stop the podcast completely, like that email wants us to do. Yeah, maybe it is like that. that, uh, Once we stop doing the podcast, my house will be sold, your leak will dry up. You know, all the little problems will uh, go away. Hmm. Which is we've gone down to fortnightly, and that's not helped. No, no, no. No, We'll keep doing this forever, forever and ever, just to spite that one guy who says we're (laughs) two. What do you say? We're two ugly cunts who can't do a podcast to save our lives. Well, I don't agree with what that man says. I think (laughs) me and you are two handsome young men who set aside time and put out a good podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, we're 40 minutes in. Do you fancy a chapter rundown? Harry Potter. Yes, please. (laughs) Chapter 19, The Lion and the Serpent. No, it's not two animals fighting each other. It's a Quidditch chapter, and Ron is getting bloody nervous. He can't eat his breakfast, he's shitting himself so much. 
But the time comes and the Slytherins have cooked up a very nasty song to put him off. Right, Weasley is our king. It always goes in the ring. He always lets them in, right? And he's, he's getting very distracted by this. It's upsetting him. And in the match mm. against the Slytherins, he lets in four goals, right? But because the rules of Quidditch are ridiculous, that doesn't matter because Harry catches the snitch and Gryffindor win. Yoo-hoo! Malfoy's got a bit of sour grapes, starts, you know, slagging off members of the Weasley family, starts slagging off members of the Potter family. And Harry and George Weasley decide to beat Malfoy to a pulp, right? Within an inch of his life, if you don't mind. Fred tries to, but he gets held back by the three other members of the Gryffindor Quidditch team. McGonagall gives them a week of detention, but <clears throat> who turns up but Professor Umbridge? And she says, that punishment is not good enough. These three lads are getting a lifetime Quidditch ban. Right? Everyone's mm. pissed off, everybody's sad. And then later on in the common room, they're moaning about it, but then something nice happens. Hermione looks out the window and sees the big husk of Hagrid. He's back. And that was the Lion and the Serpent. What a chapter, Tom. Do you think so? What a bloody chapter. I loved this chapter more than anything I've ever loved in my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Harry sat buzzing off his little secret. Oh, yeah. God, I'm in a secret club. I can't fucking believe it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone in this... Only, like, three people in this room know about my secret club. Um, actually, most people in the school know, <laughs> know about the secret club, apart from the Slytherins. We are mental. We are absolute nutters. I can't believe it. It's funny that they call it the DA. I'm in the DA. You in the DA? I'm in the DA. You in the DA? I'm in the DA. Because the DA famously for wartime people is a haircut. Were you aware of this? No, I wasn't. What is that? What is that? A DA is where the back of your hair tapers into a point. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they call it, because it's called the duck's arse. Oh, duck's ass. Well, I always think of DA as district attorney. It's in all these American cop shows or uh, legal dramas. Like, hey, we got to call the DA about this. Freeze, you little freak. Walter, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Isn't he the DA? Or the, uh, what's his name? The brother-in-law. What does he work for? The drug? Is that the DA, the Drug Association? In Breaking Bad, we're talking about. I'm sure he's from the DA as well. Harry Potter has formed a drug association to catch the notorious drug dealer Heisenberg, a.k.a. Walter White, he who must not be named. Right. Hank Schrader. Hank Schrader, right? He's part of the DA. Uh, that'd be good, Hank Schrader. Teaching them how to do self-defence, because, you know, sometimes you might not have your wand handy, you might have left it in the, the car D- or something. The DEA, Drugs Enforcement Attorney. Oh, what the that's hell? it's got an E in it. 
Which is a drug. The beginning of Breaking Bad is meant to be 38. Huh? Who is? Hank Schrader. Hank Schrader, that 60-year-old <laughs> bloke. Get away. Oh, yeah. Dumbledore's excellent army, the DEA. Yeah. God, I'd be a nervous wreck if I was part of a group that was a secret organisation under the, you know, under Umbridge's nose. Knowing what she does in punishment with this bloody making your arm bleed and the back of your hand bleed. I'd be shitting myself because she knows magic. Surely she knows the school inside out. I'd be scared. Mm. I don't think I'd be able to keep it together. I would. I'm really hard. Yeah, you are really hard. That's true. <laughs> hey, but there's a cool idea Hermione's come up with where she's given everybody a galleon, a magic galleon, that instead of a serial number on the back of it, it will change automatically to the date of the next meeting. I thought that was a cool little trick. Hermione, you're a genius. What more do we need to say? Why is she not teaching them? Like, Defence Against the Dark Arts, right? I don't get why Harry is teaching all of the lessons. They should spread out the workshops, right? One week, Harry does Defence Against the Dark Arts. Next week, Hermione does some more advanced spells. Third week, Ron exactly. teaches how to be a twat. Harry's lessons. Right, today we're gonna, um, I'm gonna teach you all how to lose your temper over nothing. Oh. <laughs> Again, is it? <laughs> uh, right, this today's lesson, I'm gonna teach you uh, how to let anything bother you to the point where you lose your cool and start running your mouth or casting spells willy-nilly. <laughs> right, and next you Patronus, think of happy thoughts, please. Well, I just got bloody angry for six weeks. How are we supposed yeah. to make Patronus come out? <laughs> When's Mrs. Hermione coming back? I like her. Uh, my name is Mrs. Granger, thank you. Mrs. Hermione <laughs> is my mother. What was I going to say? Yeah, so this coin thing uh, alerts you when there's a new thing. Yeah. And text can appear on it. Yeah. Why do they never utilise this ever again? Yeah, it's fantastic. So basically, why can't Hermione give one of these coins to, you know, uh, what's he called? Sirius Black. Yeah, Sirius Black. If if a message could appear on the coin, it's like she's invented text messaging or at least a beeper, hasn't she? Yeah, oh yeah. Why don't they just give one of them to Sir Eos Black and then they can text him whenever they want? Or even in the Deathly Hallows where Hermione and Harry get split up from Ron, why don't they give Then they'd never get split up again if they had one of these. Oh, come on, use your head. Why is Mrs Weasley sending a howler? That's going to cost loads in postage and packing. Just give Ron a coin that you can edit. A message. I'm pissed off at you for crashing the car. Mm. Sorted. And it goes hot when it's you've got a new message, like a notification. For God's sake. Hey, speaking about uh, messages and notifications, I, I've got a bone to pick with you. Right. What's this? We recorded 
uh, our double vision episode last week, right? Mm. And if we ever have a break, like uh, going to the toilet or, uh, you know, we have to go out of the room for a second, what we do is we leave both of our cameras rolling, right? Yeah. So that when we edit it, it's all still synced up and we don't have to resync it up when we come back, right? <laughs> so, last week we were recording a double vision episode and Tom says... Good chance, good, good chance whatever this is going to get cut out. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Tom says, I need to go to the toilet. Right, so we go, all right, you go to the toilet. So he hangs up and we have a break. Right? When I'm editing it, I get to see the camera, right? Before we call back, right? So, to be fair to Tom, yeah, he hangs up and then he goes to the toilet, right? And on the other side of the screen, you can see me waiting patiently for him to come back, right? Then he comes back from the toilet and he's talking to himself and he's going, and he goes, right, just a few minutes on my phone now before I ring him back. He gets his phone out and he's scrolling through, looking at things, and you can see me on the right hand side of the screen, like that, waiting for him to come back. And then he goes, Right, that's that, puts it down, rings me back, and he goes, Right, come on then. <laughs> Let's carry on. <laughs> Thing is, yeah. You need your breaks. Yeah, the you thing do. is, as a yeah. man. You can't, it's impossible to listen for an hour non-stop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've uh, zoned out a couple of times in this one. Mm. <laughs> mm. I swear yeah. I made a coffee as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you did. You made yourself a coffee. You did bloody all sorts. <laughs> There's me thinking you've got like a bladder infection or something. Why would you think I had a bladder infection? Because I needed to urinate once over the course of an hour. Oh, no, the know, fact that you having a wee took ten minutes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's meant to be a family podcast, and you're bringing up urination. Sorry. <laughs> they're on about. So Ron is getting nervous about this Quidditch match, right? Mm. And they're saying, um, oh, you know, come on, you're amazing. What did you do last time? Right. And this story about what Ron did is the most bullshit story I've ever heard. Later on, it turns out it was an accident. But even if it was an accident, yeah. this never happened. They were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Once um, he was hanging off the broom with one hand and then he saved the goal but kicked it so hard that it flew into the opposite end's goal, the quaffle. Right. That is bullshit. Nobody can kick a ball that far. Right. That that quaffle is not magic. It's just a leather ball. How has anybody booted it the full length of a Quidditch pitch, which is enormous, and it landed in the goal? That is just some bullshit that they've, they're telling people that isn't true. I'm not having any of it. What, you've never done that? No. Have you? Yeah. Have you? You've been you've hung off a broom and kicked a quaffle all the way to the other end of a Quidditch pitch into the into the ring. I don't want to brag, but yes. <laughs> well, do you know what? 
I put my hands up then, I was wrong. Sorry about that, everybody. I admit it. Right. Well, but Ronnie's getting affected by all this trash talk. He needs to... He needs to be, like, desensitised to it. He needs to watch some of these, like, pre-boxing match trash talk videos. You know where they all sign the contract and then they have to stand next to each other like that? With their noses touching. Like they're angry with mm. each other. That's not me and you should start Pottervision matches. Pottervision <laughs> matches. That's what I call our shows. Uh, it's a match. Who's going to win this one, me or him? <laughs> we should do that. Get ourselves weighed up. Don't they like, aren't they completely naked when they get weighed? They go behind like a screen, don't they? Why do they do that? Just do they it in do your shorts. Not get, they do not get completely naked. I thought they did. You've, you've thought that. You've seen a picture and your mind's gone wandering. <laughs> and you've assumed they get completely naked. I thought they did. Yeah, maybe I've seen a picture of them behind a screen where you can just see their head and their legs. I thought, oh, the Do you know what's funny about off. Harry Potter? But why are they behind a screen then? What's the point in being behind a screen? I thought that was to They're cover not. up their bits. They're wearing underpants and what's covering their bulge is the scale itself. Is it? <laughs> well, I'll have to look that up later. Dirty boy. Do you know what's interesting <laughs> about Harry Potter fandom? Oh, yeah. Is the theories. So, people, readers come up with theories and they think they're, like, true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. They think just because they've come up with it makes it true. Yeah. Like, nowhere in the... Does it say in the books that the Dursleys were mean to Harry because Harry's a horcrux? No, no. People just like to make that up, don't they? People love saying that. So I did a video the other day which uh, I'm doing an impression of a deleted scene from Deathly Hallows, yeah. Yeah, very good, by the way. It's all right, no one really gave a shit about it, so I uh, almost deleted it. But let me tell you this. Yeah, put it on the Pottervision page. All right, someone comments on my video. Yeah. Being like, uh, the Dursleys were mean to Harry Potter because Harry Potter's a horcrux. And I was like, if you've got to come up with theories, here's my theory. So there's a new evacuee theory. Yeah. I said that Vernon was mean to Harry because Vernon was an evacuee. Right. And he went through so much <laughs> WW2 trauma yeah. that um, he never recovered from it, and now he takes it out on Harry. Yeah. Hey, that's I think a good theory. Great, I think it's a great theory. It's just yeah. as useful as the Horcrux one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. I remember I once played an evacuee in a film. It was like an independent film. And uh, I just had to sit in a church with a little parcel. And um, I got picked up by a random family. It was very fun, getting dressed up. I've dressed... I think... Hand, hand up as well. I've had to dress up as an evacuee as well. We've all done it. Why Why are they making British children <laughs> born after the millennium yeah. dress up as evacuees? I know. What is... What does it all mean? What's the purpose of what, that? What are they getting out of that? Yeah. That's what I want to know and that's what you want to know. Let us know. They go into November... Uh, 
I'm pretty sad there's no Halloween episode in this book. Hey, but I tell you what, um, my granddad was an evacuee, um, and that's why I'm from Wales because he uh, he was from Liverpool originally, and then he got moved to uh, the countryside of North Wales to avoid those bloody bombs. Yeah, that's where he met me, Grandma. Years later, of course. Had he come to Blackpool, I'm not sure he'd be alive. No. Bloody hell. I wouldn't like that. Two lads from Blackpool doing a Harry Potter podcast. I like our diversity in culture. That makes the podcast more eclectic and interesting. Yeah? Mm. From completely different backgrounds. Yeah? I'm from Wales, he's from Blackpool. Do you ever think that Lee Jordan... I don't think things are happening as quick as Lee Jordan is narrating. No, I don't. I think he's talking utter rubbish half the time. Because it's like, pass to thingy, thrown to thingy. I don't think things can be thrown that fast. <laughs> I don't think thingies can be thrown that fast. He's like, buddy, I don't know if he's going from a script or if he's just like, like, buddy, going off impulse, just saying whatever he thinks. Right, sit down now, Lee. You need to calm down. Talking rubbish like that. But uh, yeah, I think he's bloody talented, though. I think he could have a career in commentary, Lee Jordan. He's very funny. Mm. Very entertaining. Hey, but you've missed a kissy wissy. Hermione gives Ron a kiss on the cheek. And she doesn't give Harry a kiss on the cheek. She gives Ron one. I've written a note about this. So these two are friends, are they not? Yeah, they are friends. Plutonic, would you say? Yeah, platonic, yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. How they come are you've tectonic. never given me a... How come before a gig you've never given me a kiss on the cheek to be like, good luck? Because I think that you would hate it. <laughs> you would not like that to happen. Am I right? Listen. <laughs> We've got to try it out, then we'll know. All right. So, before our first Edinburgh show, or maybe before Derby, or Manchester, all the dates are available on the website, I'll give you a big smacker on the cheek, and we'll see if that improves the performance. Can I just say, the idea of that, I'm not going to like. <laughs> I know, no. That's why I've never done it, and the fact that I don't want to do it either. That's the other side of the coin. Well, then we don't have to do it. All right. If both of you don't want to do it and no one else wants you to do it, you don't have to do it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do you remember when we did that? Um, we did like, a, before we started the podcast, we did like a Pottervision live Q&A. Yeah. And your brother-in-law signed in anonymously. And he, I think he was he was trying to troll us. But we yeah. just took his question seriously. He was like, oh, would you kiss each other for five grand? And we were like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, props, yeah. Yeah, props. Yeah. <laughs> That's bloody old run at Edinburgh, that. Madam <laughs> Nicht, why not? Hey. Oh. Right. I think J.K. Rowling, right, the author of these books, has realised that Quidditch is boring, right? She realised this in book two when she added Malfoy to the Slytherin team, right? She's realised it in book four by not having any Quidditch. 
And she's realised it in book five by adding <coughs> Crab and Goyle and Ron to the Quidditch teams, right? She thought, how can I make this bearable and slightly more interesting? And the way she's done that is she's put in people that we already know. And I think by the time we get to the seventh book, we'll have McGonagall in goal, we'll have Snape as the seeker, we'll have Filch as the referee. Because how else is it going to get more exciting next time? Justin Finch Fletchley will be a bludger. Exactly. Justin Finch Fletchley will be a bludger. Because the problem is, as they get older, this is Fred and George's last year, so they've got two beaters to replace them with. Nobody's interested in bloody Kenny and Kenda from second year. Do you know what I mean? So. Do you know what would be great if they just did another. You know, they put Harry on the Quidditch team in first year. Yeah. They've got another first year on the Quidditch team. I just replaced Harry. No, not even replacing, but been like, yeah, we always do that. Now a uh, beater is uh, Colin Creevy. Here he is. <laughs> it's Dennis Creevy. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we're clutching at straws here, keeping these Quidditch chapters interesting. And dare I say it, I think they're leading into another one because Ron has had such a disastrous match that I feel like there's going to be another match where he does better later on in the in the book. So God help us when that comes round. Can I just say, I have like really it. enjoyed this episode. I think it's been a really nice laugh and a chat. It's been bloody lovely, hasn't it? Well, I'm only about a third of the way through my notes. I don't know if, you, don't what? Know if, you're, if I'm trying to wrap up. Um, I'll tell you what... <laughs> Another thing about Quidditch, right, that I'm going to bring up. Right. So, it says, Madam Hooch blew the whistle. <laughs> and then Ron started racing towards the goal. So they all start from the middle. Why, do, why don't the Quidditch players... Why isn't the goalie already waiting in goal? That seems ridiculous. Uh, if he's in goal, why has he left the goal? Yeah. That's not good. You're the goalie. Get in goal. There we go. Thank you. Now, <laughs> after the match, so Gryffindor win and Malfoy's a bit pissed off, right? So we start slagging off mm. everyone. And he's like, oh, did you like, did you like my poem? Did you like my song, Potter? <laughs> Talking about Weasley being our king. We did want to do something about his mother, but we couldn't think of rhymes for fat and ugly. Right, Draco yeah. Malfoy. Fat is the easiest word in the English dictionary to rhyme with. Cat, sat, mat, bat, pat, nat, tat. There's so many. And ugly, you could have said smugly or snuggly. Yeah? Fat and ugly, twat and smugly. You got loads. Lovely rhymes with ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rugby. Rugby. Bubbly. Bubbly. Cuddly. Cuddly. Muggy. Muggy. Hug me. Hug me. Bugsy. Yeah. Druggy. Dug me. Drug me. Mug me. Plug me. Unplug me. Roughly doubly. Cumly. Gruffly. Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley. Mucky. <laughs> All of them off the top Fuck. of his headlessness. He's a rhyming genius. Fuck me. Yeah. 
He should be on one of those uh, rap battles where you have to uh, take the piss out of people in rhyme. Mrs. Weasley, I think you're so ugly, I want you to fuck me. There we go. Come on, Malfoy, why didn't you sing that? Why didn't you come up with that one? Mrs. Weasley, you're so ugly, um, but you do look quite snugly. Come on. Alright, never mind. And they have a fight. Harry and George beat the shit out of them. A bit of excitement at last, right? But this really irked me. Right? McGonagall is telling them off. And she goes, Oh, there was no need to do a muggle duel. Right. A fight is not a muggle duel. It's a fight. We fight. We beat the shit out of each other. It is not called a muggle duel. Uh, there were fights before there were wizarding duels. I'll tell you that for now. <laughs> there weren't first wizarding duels and then suddenly somebody had the first fight and they thought, hey, call that a muggle duel. I'm going to use that next time I'm in, a, I'm in a fight in a pub. Someone's starting on me. You want a, you want a muggle duel, dear? You want a muggle duel with me, pal? What? <laughs> hey, leave him. Don't muggle duel him. He's not worth it. Hold me back, I'm going to have a muggle jewel here. <laughs> <laughs> Hold me back. What's that? I don't know if someone's holding his hands up. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold me back. Hold oh. me back. I want a muggle jewel. Oh. <laughs> Hold me back before I do something I regret. <sighs> yeah. And what do you think of... Uh, of Umbridge's punishment. Do you think a lifelong ban is uh, appropriate? From what? Quidditch? Yeah, they're not allowed to play Quidditch anymore for fighting. Lifelong? I'm only in this school for another three years. Yeah, what, yeah. are you telling me after I graduate I can't come back and play Quidditch? <laughs> Imagine that, you're in your mid-twenties and your teacher comes up to you playing football. Uh, I banned you from doing that. Yeah, in school... I'm an adult now. I don't know what I want. It's funny. In the Deathly Hallows, Snape has become head teacher of Hogwarts or something, and Hogwarts, like, you know, is, um, um, is Umbridge... No, Umbridge isn't that. But, like, it's under Voldemort's rule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there's any Gryffindors even bother turning up. I'd take all my... If, if I was a wizard, like, Dad, I'd yeah. be like, right, let's just go to Bermuda. yeah. Right, normal school for you lot. No, no, I want to do magic. At what cost? You want to be with him? Because they can't seem, they can't seem to locate anyone ever, can they? The only time they can find people is when they're at their actual houses. Yeah. Do you know when they go for Luna Lovegood's dad and he's at his house? They go for the Weasleys, they're all just at their house. Yeah. If Voldemort ever wants to go missing, he goes to a forest in Bulgaria, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Romania, right. I think, yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere like that. Albania. Yeah, Romanian forest. Oh, somewhere. One of them. He calls up the Kardashians and he says, take me to Armenia with you. I want to yeah. I want to live like the Kardashians do. But they don't seem to be able to locate people. So yeah. why not just go to a different country and be like, Oof. it seems Voldemort only wants control of the UK. Let him have it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not bothered about Europe, is he? 
Although maybe that's his, you know, that would be his next, his next attempt. Yeah, but I'm surprised he didn't have more. Cause it seems like all of his followers are just from the British Isles. You think he'd have like a bit of support from, you know, wider reaches. I wonder how long it would take muggles to accept that wizards exist. So if you're yeah. in the UK and wizards start taking over, yeah. it'd be like COVID. People aren't going to believe it for two weeks. Oh, this will all blow over. Yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're being roasted like a spit over Voldemort's dinner table. And you're like, bloody hell, they weren't joking, were they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like a right sausage, literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I think people would think, even if they saw it on the news, they'd think it was like a hoax or a prank or something. Or like, I don't know. I think people would just not believe that people can actually do proper magic and would think it's some kind of trick. Mm. Yeah, because anything you see, unless you see it in the flesh, you're going to assume it's like an effect or CGI or something. <sighs> so they've been banned from Quidditch, right? And Ron, Harry and Hermione are moping in the Gryffindor common room, right? Ron's letting four goals and he goes, this is the worst I have ever felt. And Harry says, join the club. Cedric Diggory died last year, lads. Have a bit of perspective. You've let four goals in. You're not allowed to play sports. Yeah, well, what can he do? Nothing. He's dead. So, stop your whining. Get to bed. Hagrid's here. Yeah, they've got over that quickly, haven't they? Bloody hell. Bloody hell. That's the worst day of your life. Shit that's happened to you, lad. Anyway, you excited that Hagrid's back? <laughs> Where's he been? What's he been up to? I'm excited. To trying to recruit the, the next trying to recruit the giants for the Muggle for the uh, Wizard War Three. You had to spoil it for me, didn't you? WWW Three World Wizarding War Three. Exactly. Now I'm finished. What a bloody chapter. How many, how many returning giants out of three are you giving this chapter? Out of three? Um, I am gonna, this was a, it was Quidditch, but it was all right. They made it a bit interesting. They've got Crab and Goyle in the team. They've got a fight happening. Um, but out of three, it's very hard to, to rate it with only three returning giants. I'm gonna give it a... Two returning giants out of three. Mm. I like this chapter because it had a lot of personality going on in it. So I love chapters where there's loads of different characters coming in and out. Fred, George, Ron, Hermione, Leave Jordan, Draco, Malfoy, Crab, uh, Goyle, oh, Pansy Parkinson, oh. So many people. It's got to be for me to return returning giants out of three. Perfect. Ooh, I wonder if you've got any uh, quiz-like things lined up for me. 
Last last time, two weeks ago, I'd written a quiz and you just brushed over it. Did I? Oh, I know. Somebody somebody emailed us asking why the quiz wasn't done. Well, I because there was no fanfare about it and I didn't get told. I was like, oh, I guess people don't want the quiz anymore. Oh, I think a lot of people are going to miss the quiz if it doesn't come back. I don't know. Hashtag bring back the quiz or hashtag new segment. Hashtag new segment. But one segment that's definitely going to be staying is Hedwig's Droppings. That means Hedwig's Droppings has become the nation's favourite segment. Hey, 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 By the fact that it's the only segment left, it's the nation's favourite segment, Hedwig's Droppings. We're not alluding to owl, owl poo. We're not alluding to ploppings. We mean the messages you send in. Who to Hedwig's Droppings? Number one segment in the show. What's in a bit this week? So, this week we have got a five-star review in Hedwig's Beak. And this is from Spider-Gwen. So Spider-Gwen says, I've been listening on Spotify this whole time, but I moved to Apple Podcasts just for Double Vision and to leave this review. Tom and Lucas are genuinely the funniest people and they somehow make you forget that Harry Potter has anything to do with JKR. There we go. Uh, So thank you very much for your five-star review, Spider-Gwen. We've also got three new patrons since the last time we did this. Uh, And the first patron is Andrew Pollard. And he's a baby Harry. Andrew Pollard. Yes. Andrew. Picture a man. He's waiting for a date with a woman. He's sat outside a French restaurant. It's a blind date. Lady turns up. As soon as he sees her, Cupid arrow strikes mm. oh hits him in the gut her as well mm. ah hits her in the gut they sit down they have a lovely meal conversation flows wine is glugged one thing leads to another they are back at his apartment and they are having sex unprotected right <laughs> the man climaxes nine months later a baby is born. This baby is you. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I am delivering yeah. the baby. I'm the doctor. Highly inappropriate. I pull the baby out of the canal, hold you up to the light and think, I cannot resist. The man and woman take the baby off me and say, that was inappropriate, that was not for you to do. I say, well, that doesn't matter. I'm the doctor. So you, do you want the baby or not? They go, you do not have that jurisdiction to take that baby off us. I say, watch me, buddy. I can take any baby off anyone. Just watch me. The yeah. nurses look at the people and go, he can. He can do that. <laughs> they go, fine. Lovely. Thank you very much, Andrew Ballard. Uh, we've also got another baby, Harry. So it's a big welcome to Sarah Roberts. Sarah Roberts. You are a baby lamb. Oh, <laughs> You are suckling at your mother's teat. Your mother is a sheep, okay? 
sheep has a big sheep udder bulging with sheep milk and you as a lamb are you are ecstatic right this is your favorite meal in the world <laughs> farmer comes along and goes what a fat little lamb i shall take this lamb for slaughter Right, he grabs you by your hoof and takes you into his slaughterhouse with his big knife, ready to kill you. I am the farm boy. I see the farm about to do this, and I see the milk dripping from your mouth, and it reminds me of me. I <laughs> love a nice big pint of milk. Yeah. I take a pitchfork, I come behind, and I kill the farmer. Mm, mm. You are released. I catch you by the same hoof before you go and throw you back to your mother, wipe the sheep milk from my mouth, and we're done. Fantastic. So thank you very much, Sarah Roberts. And finally, we've got a new baby, Harry, and it's Ollie Collins. Ollie Collins. Ollie Collins. You are a baby monkey. Um, a cheeky little monkey swinging in a tree. Um, your mother has given birth to you uh, and you are now off the tit. You are not a monkey who's being breastfed anymore. You're a little bit older. Bananas are your tipple. Bananas. Right? You are eating bananas, loving life. Cheeks stuffed with nana. Delicious. All of a sudden, though, mummy's away. You are choking on banana. I am at this zoo, and I am leaning into the enclosure, watching you choke on banana. You're about to die. So I smash the glass of the enclosure. <laughs> Climb in. Give the Heimlich manoeuvre to this little monkey, which is you. <laughs> you cough up the nana. Right? I wash yeah. it up a bit more. Put it back in your mouth. You swallow it soundly. I hold your head and... Do you know what? This is a monkey. What are they going to do? Kiss on the lips. <laughs> there you go, Ollie. And thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, we're actually going to offer... Um, uh, a free trial uh, to Patreon. That's the exciting thing we're going to try out to get people tempted to join. Um, so you can join for a free seven-day trial uh, to Patreon and you can see a few things that we've got to offer. And then if you like it, at the end of the seven days, you can decide to stay. And if you don't like it, you can bugger off and not spend a bloody penny. So if you want to, yeah, to try out a seven-day free trial, uh, that'll all be available by the time this episode is uh, released. So you can definitely check that out. There's loads of bonus episodes. There's 55 uh, bonus episodes, or maybe 54. There's a lot. Uh, there's things you can access as well, extra videos, tour diaries, all sorts of stuff. So definitely check them out. That was the end of Hedwig's Droppings. This has been the Pottervision Podcast. Thank you so, so much to everybody for listening. We have got shows coming up in July and August. On the 27th of July, we are previewing our festival show in Derby. On the 28th of July, we are previewing our festival show in Manchester. 
And then we're in Edinburgh for August from, I think, the 4th till the 27th, except on Mondays. And mm. you can come and see us do some new bits alongside some classic bits as well that mm. people have laughed at before. Uh, yeah, all the mm. information is on pottervision.com and all the links are there. We'd love to see you at one of these shows next mm. time. We are on episode 115, chapter 20 of book five, Hagrid's Tale. You have been a stunning Tom Lawrenson. And you've been a beautiful Lucas Kirkby. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Potter Vision podcast. The music was performed by Jack Evans. If you'd like bonus content and to support the show, you can visit patreon.com forward slash Potter Vision.